Hello and welcome to another amazing and mindful episode of Pitch Cafe podcast. This is one of the most awaited podcasts for me in my own personal journey. When I met today's host at one of the networking events on wellness and health, I little did I know that I'm on my path to discover a really amazing journey. The Rishikesh, the Kailash and the Silicon Valley. What does it look like when these three worlds come together and are able to secure funding in a startup and impact the youth of next generation? Do I sound a little cryptic? Just wait a few moments until we talk to our guest today who is none other than Preeti Shrikande. She is the founder of Vivencity. She is not only the founder of Vivencity, but she has been a very reputed integral life coach as well. She is a person who has worn many hats, even in the corporate world. But this is her Zen. This is her Ikigai. This is what she's born to do. So without further ado, let's bring on this very intriguing, very enigmatic, yet down to earth and a very charming person, Preeti Shrikande. Welcome to Pitch Cafe podcast, Preeti. Thank you so much, Veera. That introduction is just out out of the world. <laughs> Thank you so much. Just, just like you, let's. Just... I can't believe it's not me. I was like, who is she talking about? <laughs> okay, there you go. I told you she's down to her. So, so let's just find out who she is. So, so who is Preeti uh, Shrikande? Who is this person? Is she a yogi? Is she a wellness visionary? Is she an entrepreneur? Who is Preeti Shrikande? You're asking me the most yes. profound question <laughs> that saints spend years trying to figure out. Yes. <laughs> Who am I? Yes. Yeah. Well, I am. So, you know, jokes apart, I think it's, it's a very profound question. And most of us, you know, spend lifetimes trying to figure out who am I, uh, but trying to bring it to more of a practical aspect, which is my job on this earth is to make things more practical and doable. <laughs> uh, so uh, basically, I'm all of those and more, right? We all are, right? I'm a, I'm a parent, I'm a, um, you know, sister, I'm a, whatever roles that we play. Um, and at different times in life, we just have to play, play these different roles. So my philosophy is that whatever role I'm playing at any one time, to do it 100%. And that's what makes it effective. That when I'm being sister, I'm being sister. When I'm being entrepreneur, I need to put in all that I've got. I need to put in my 100%. When I'm meditating, I need to put in my 100%. And... That's all, you know, 100% in everything, <laughs> whenever you can, right? Fantastic. I understand it's kind of, a, it's hard to answer, but I think, you know, we are, I think it's a reality that we are many, many roles. We are, you know, we are a complex. All human beings are very complex and um, interesting people, all of them, right? Yeah, fantastic. So, so tell us a little bit about your uh, journey in Silicon Valley and, you know, uh, your uh, whole uh, life changed after you decided to move out of corporate into something which you love to do. Uh, and that's how your startup Vivencity happened. But before you did your startup, you took this very pivotal decision of going to Rishikesh and Kailas, uh, the, uh, you know, uh, in the Himalayas. And you told me that life changed after that. Uh, some kind of uh, a higher force, uh, you know, was operating to you. 
i was i thought that was really where your star power came from it it's really that amazing force which uh, made you who you are and i feel it all the time when i meet you so why don't you tell us a little bit about how you came from uh, rishikesh to kalas to all the way to silicon valley how did that happen after your corporate world after your stint in the corporate world so you know my journey in the us started off pretty much like many of us i came here to study i came i did a masters in statistics then i did another masters in computer science then got hired from campus interviews and you know was suddenly in silicon valley and started doing the usual things start climbing that corporate ladder one step at a time and i learned a lot i was enjoying myself and at the same process i was raising two boys uh, who are now full adults <laughs> one is even getting married soon and uh, so you know just life was going on and during that time i did feel a need because you know both my husband and i were in high tech jobs and raising kids in silicon valley is not the easiest of things but everyone has their challenges and so i felt like i needed somewhere to find myself my peace my calm so i started learning to meditate and so there left several different places i did a lot of research tried to find different methods and then found one that really worked for me and stayed with it and that's what sort of got me through the ups and downs and the challenges of juggling life uh, in the silicon valley um and you know somehow i found some balance and work life balance and this and that and was going on along but then there was this big shock for our whole community at one point there were five suicides in our local high school and my mm. oldest son was in 11th grade at that time mm. and it just stopped us on our tracks you know we were living in our bubbles thinking life is good we had all you know whatever was going on it was like why are children thinking that this is an option you know i felt we as a society had failed if yeah. children in my society have this as an option it was very painful for me to understand how can i just continue with life i felt yeah. like i had to apply all the things that i had learned you know all my what was it worth all my masters degrees all my education and all my life experiences if i can't help the next generation live a better life or know how to live a better life yeah and so that became you know sort of started knowing at me and once my kids were um, off to college i said okay now i want to do something that i really care about uh, i mean i cared about technology but this was like really i wanted to give some time to this and i had no idea what it would mean yeah but because after all this work you know my batteries were pretty drained so i decided i need to recharge my batteries and the way to recharge my batteries was i went for a two week uh, meditation retreat to kailash parvat and lake mansarovar and that was you know very very helpful and then after that i did one month of yoga teachers training so i was in rishikesh 6 hours of yoga 3 in the morning 3 in the after evening <laughs> and then 2 hours of yoga theory in between because you have to get your 200 hours right you have to yeah, complete yeah. it and so that was a very intense program but it was the best thing i could do for myself because so pretty, i i drop you here i'm very <laughs> intrigued about your experience in kailash and manasarovar is just i think kailash finds you you don't find kailash yeah this It's is a calling home. yeah it finds you it's very I, surprising because there were like were like 135 people on the team but somehow or the other some people just couldn't make it for various yeah. reasons whether it was health some people wouldn't get their passport something didn't happen you know so many little things on the way that it was really almost miraculous for those people who were eventually able to reach there yeah and once we reached there we did spend time because i went with him on a meditation retreat so we spent a good amount of time meditating and as you sit there there is some magic there definitely you know insights 
came to everybody everyone came back a different person i see they That's say there is uh, some sort of force like a magnetic field or force they say there is some uh, magnetic yeah, field yeah. generator inside <laughs> anyway yeah. uh, these are beyond beyond our capacity to understand yeah. i feel like you know so i think we don't know my best answer is i don't know but at least you know i just know my personal experience i can speak about my own personal experience but beyond that it's very hard to say what what mysterious things are going on out there <laughs> so there you are completely transformed after your visit from kailash to uh, manasarovar and then you did your training in rishikesh what was that like the yoga training in rishikesh because i really wanted to you know get my mind and body both in good shape and you know the meditation definitely helped the mind and my body i just wanted to make it stronger because you know i was getting older and whatever and i wanted to have a sound body and mind and i thought rather than just attending a yoga class which i could do it felt like if i learned how to teach i yeah. would be able to help myself and help other people too so yeah. that became the incentive to why don't i just sign up for a yoga teachers training yeah and i so i signed up for a yoga teachers training and you're a practitioner you practice it daily right right and i got certified so for certification you have to do the theory you have to give the exams and you have to do the whole thing within that span of time and i found a wonderful in fact my dad was very instrumental in help finding this wonderful place in mm-hmm. rishikesh uh, where the teacher himself has a phd in yoga wow so it was very intense and he has phd in yoga and ayurveda um and it, and he was very teaching with the authentic yoga which mm-hmm. basically means the union of the mind and the body body it's mm-hmm. not like the power yoga hot yoga all these variations have been created more for the western world yes but the true yoga basically yoga just means finding the perfect pose or asana to meditate in that's the purpose finding mm-hmm. that stillness within you where your mind and body is fully connected mhm and, and so that's okay. what we focused on yeah in this training and uh, isn't it amazing how this whole experience of what is yoga you're using it in your startup vivencity it's just this whole knowledge you're bringing it in such bite sized accessible way so before we come to your journey in your startup i also want to ask you about your experience in integral coaching the uh-huh. aurobindo style of coaching which made you a very successful corporate coach here in silicon valley So if you tell us a little bit about that then we can come to your startup journey after that. Sounds good sounds good. So when I came back from all this trip the thing was now what right how do I take my next step? I wanted to help these students so at first I thought I'll just become a therapist. You know that sounded like the simplest thing that if I become a therapist I can start helping the students right away. But when I did my research it would take me 5 years before I could actually help a child because you have to go through all the rigorous um you know certification education and practicum and whatever and i was like i can't wait 5 years i want to do something yeah. sooner yeah. than that and mm-hmm. so i decided one of my very good mentors suggested to do life coaching and mm-hmm. she herself had done this 10 years earlier this is called an integral life coaching which basically means that you coach the integral person you mm. consider all aspects of that person so if somebody comes and says i need to find my next job we're not going to say okay what have you done so far and how can i get to there we'll try to help them understand what is their thinking behind it what is their feeling behind it what is their society around it you know the whole integral person their whole their body their mind everything connects so all yeah. of these play a factor in how we make our decisions 
So we not only help them understand that issue, but make them self-generative so they can make other decisions in the future. Yeah. And then there's a fine balance between practical application and also long-term effects. So that's mm-hmm. what the whole integral coaching is about. Wow. I had never thought about this, uh, you know, uh, so deeply, you know, people come to us with problems and we look at the problem and the outcome. Hmm. But uh, this is, this runs very skin deep. It must be very impactful. So very uh, uh, why did you pick the Aurobindo style? What is different about it compared to other styles? Because, because this really goes deep. It's almost like when we talk to the person, we don't exist. Often mm-hmm. I'll meditate before the session because at that time, my thoughts, my feeling, my life should not interfere with the interaction that's happening between me and my client. Mm. And so at that time, I'm fully available and aware. Yeah. And I'm almost experiencing their thought process, their body. I'm almost in their shoes completely because nothing is interfering with my own personal issues that are going on, right? If I try to take away, because most of the time when we're talking to someone, yeah, you know, we're, we have an ongoing process of our own thing. Oh, I have to do this, I have to, you know, so if all that noise yeah. in my background, I will yeah. not be fully present. I like so that. I can be fully present, then mm-hmm. I can see what the world that they're living in, but I don't have their blind spots, right? All yeah. of us have certain blind spots. Yeah. And then I can point them to something that maybe they have not seen before. Yeah, this is a very powerful listening technique. This yeah. is what uh, I would teach somebody who wants to master communication. This is how you listen, isn't it? You yes, completely yes. null your personality and you get right. into the shoes of the other person. Right. You're fully present for them because yeah. that's what you owe them, right? They're here to, you're here to heal them, to help them. And you're here to listen to them because listening deeply has a transformational effect. And many times, and the way it is that as they answer their own questions, they raise yes. their own things, they start resolving their own issues. We don't have to tell them what to do. We just guide them through their own process of understanding and discovering for themselves. I'll spend time with you. I do remember the time I spent with you in your in, in the backyard in your house. You have a small meditation center kind of place. Like a cottage, yeah. Like a cottage, <laughs> but I was so surprised it was your office. I'm like, who does that? Some place which has so much Zen, so much calm and meditative power. You made it your office. And then I thought only good things can come out of it. And after that, uh, two years later, uh, I was not at all surprised. You told me you got funded. Mm-hmm. I was like, why not? Somebody who works from a place like that is definitely going to make uh, good progress and do the right things. So with that, um, let's move on to the most important question of this podcast. What is, uh, uh, how did Vivensity happen? I know that the high school suicide incident, it kindled your uh, uh, passion. It gave a new direction to your life. You quit what you were doing and you moved into this coaching and healing uh, business. But how did Vivensity happen? You're targeting youth uh, very specifically. And tell us a little bit about the whole journey of Vivensity. Sure, absolutely. So once I finished my life coaching, as part of that, I had to actually, I wanted to get certified, right? And to get certified, you have to coach at least three people for six months. Right. And because I wasn't sure, and we were told that many people drop off, And so I just to practice my skills, I started offering free coaching to all my friends, their friends and my children and their their friends. So I would say anyone who wants uh, life coaching, I will do a couple of our sessions for free. And so then I ended up coaching about 30 different people. 
Wow. And of which, of course, I had more than enough who I wanted to stay. But then I would do these two hour sessions, which really helped th those people. I have came up with this set of questions that we could do a very nice intake in which they self-discovered the issues that they were dealing with and they self-resolved within that two hour period. Mm -hmm. So that became that common thing. And so I talked to a lot of students. I and my friends would send their children saying, oh, go talk to Preeti because she's, you know, uh, doing this coaching thing. And through that, I was able to talk to a lot of teenagers, college students and learn what they're really going through. Mm. And it is so different. You know, we all appear to be very successful, doing well. Everyone looks really nice. But when you talk to them deep inside how they're hurting, what are the challenges that they're facing? And then I started talk, going to schools, uh, my neighborhood schools, starting to do focus groups there. And I went to conferences where I would meet students and they were so excited that an adult really cared about this problem because these teenagers feel kind of left out. You know, at yeah. that teenage years, you're not connecting that well with adults and at your home yeah. or at school. And so you tend to get ignored. Yeah. And yeah. so then I realized this is the group that really needs the help. And nobody was paying attention to that particular segment. There were yeah. products for younger kids and there yeah. were products for once you got into college or once you started working, but yeah. nothing for that group. And so okay. I said, I have to dedicate and find a solution for this specific segment like the tweens and the teenagers adolescents at that age right so then i recruited several of them because they were so excited that oh someone's really cares about this and they became interns and slowly it evolved i really didn't know what i was going to build i didn't know it would be a technology solution what it would be but it evolved into they were all on their devices and right. people are like no but social emotional learning is getting them away from their devices but i said no we need to meet them where they are that yeah. they have one other option instead of taking something that drains their energy if we give yeah. them an option right there that uplifts their energy wouldn't that be nice and yeah. i had convinced the schools about it <laughs> yeah i always you know think people who are building apps for meditation and for wellness it is again going on the phone it is increasing screen time but i like the way you are pitching it meet them where they are and get them out of the vicious cycle right where they are right and then we have activities that actually make them walk away from their phones like which is nice you know, sort of trick in a sense trick them but in a sense in you know invite them through mm -hmm. this technology to get away from technology fantastic so we've been pretty successful with that yeah so so priti if i were to ask you a, a little bit uh, um, uh, you know deeper in, in in you know questions on on your product line on what kind of services you're offering. Can we talk a little bit about the services and products offered by Vivensity? Absolutely. So when I did my research and talked to all these people, the thing that became clear was these students were so absorbed with the outside world that they weren't getting enough time to go inward. Right. You know, they fully understand. I can tell my little kid to program my phone, which I can't do sometimes myself, but they, you know, so how do we teach them to go inward? How do we get them to go inward? And yeah. that happens by introspection, by reflection, by self-reflection. And so then I said, okay, how do I do that? Right. And I did a lot of research. I spoke to psychologists, psychiatrists. I read so many books and it was just this best time of my life. The learning, learning, learning. Yeah. Yeah. But it yeah. was kind of scary too, because all the kind <laughs> of challenges and illnesses, and, you know, students would, because I had this life coaching experience, I could talk quite nicely to students and people who had attempted suicide would come and talk to me about it. They would tell me all the processes that they went through and other students with just regular struggles, either with their education or with their parents or with themselves, their own decision making, not knowing what to do, you know, handling the stress that they have. 
and I realized the stress they feel is the same no matter whether they're in depend it's regardless of their socio economic status right mm-hmm. talk to mm-hmm. students in hayward and you know immigrants uh, children some people they were concerned that they had a parent in prison and mm-hmm. their intensity of fear and pain was so strong yeah they spoke to other people you know in more affluent areas and their concerns can some out grade but the pain they feel is the same or they felt about different things like eating disorders all different so there were different issues the content was kind of different around them but mm-hmm. you know this essence how they felt so how do we help them go to the root cause understand where the stress is coming from and then from the root level learn how to handle it better fantastic so so preeti i could talk to you all day about this uh, with with no second thoughts you are an expert in this domain and that's why you have a startup so um you know i i want to keep going on but what's one strong message you want to leave the audience with before we end the podcast what is the one thing which you want to talk to more so women's leader leaders we have coming out of the women's history month i met you at the international women's day celebration recently it was really uh, amazing uh, the kind of impact you're having and you may have faced challenges as a woman leader you know raising funds holding your own what is this one strong message you have for the uh, women leaders in the audience um i think it's really important i mean of course i've learned lots of lessons there have been lots of ups and downs um one thing that kept me going was that definitely that you know keep your eye on the impact you're trying to make yeah that way you know little problems stay little resolve conflicts as soon as they come up so that it, you don't let them get in the way and use this as a vehicle to bring out the best in yourself and yeah. the best in people around you yeah so that was if you have that in mind then you'll always try to find a win-win solution the other yeah. thing is also i feel like we women leaders we do have a little advantage we should lead with our heart it's yeah. okay because we already have a good head on our shoulders we know all the techniques you know we our head is perfectly fine so leading <laughs> with the head is not necessary you know if you yeah. add that touch of leading with our heart yeah. with compassion with our team so our team can come together and be inspired to do what they're doing Fantastic. and that will bring out the best in all of us wow i will certainly you know that this is like the most important take or even more important than everything you said until now lead with the heart and the head you know it it's it's well well positioned for us because we give birth to life there's so much we do it's kind of positioned on its own but the heart leading with the heart is what we no we're all intelligent i mean if we're in this place right we are we have to have that confidence we know so yeah head is there always right and we we yeah. have a good set yeah <laughs> yeah leading with the heart very few people do that and yes successful yes. we have to yes. allow that to happen yeah, yeah. great message uh, i hope this message resonates in every person who listens to this i hope they bring this message to life with that very reluctantly i want to conclude this super amazing and super mindful podcast uh, and uh, we'd love to have you back thank you priti thank you for gracing the show thanks for the opportunity vida really enjoyed talking to you awesome awesome